0: everybody, and welcome to a special interview episode of the Big Planet Comics Podcast. My name is Kevin. I am Nick. I am Jared. Yeah, and we're going to interview Box Brown about his new book, uh, Andre the Giant, Life
1: and Legend. So here it is. All right. uh, We'd like to welcome Box Brown, a rising fame cartoonist, as he is about to launch a brand new graphic novel from First Second this year coming out April. Is that right?
2: uh may uh may 6th may 6th way to uh, go jared
1: i uh, <laughs> nailed it i'm with the facts uh <laughs> the book is andre the giant life and legend which is a pseudo biography that covers both andre the giant's life and some of the more famous stories about him which have some elements of truth mostly mixed into them and uh fox is doing a ton of other stuff so welcome
2: hey hey thanks for having me on guys
1: so i
0: think uh to start out uh i was wondering um were you a fan of andre the giant from when you were a kid like have you always been interested in him or is uh is this a recent fascination
2: um i don't know if andre if i when i was a kid if i was like a huge andre fan he was just like one of the guys in the mix um but uh, i kind of like just i was very interested in wrestling and and uh you know a lot of the stuff i got into it at, at the tail end of andre's career so i don't know if um I feel like I kind of use Andre as a conduit just to kind of talk about wrestling,
0: <laughs> to tell stories about Brutus the Barber, Beefcake, and uh, sure. <laughs> uh, so, who were your favorite guys when when you
2: were younger? Uh, you know, when I when I was growing up, I was like a fan of like Hulk Hogan and
3: right, me too, <laughs>
0: and
2: uh, and uh, the Ultimate Warrior and all that.
0: Uh, Ultimate Warrior would probably make a pretty good graphic novel as well. Oh, I think he might have had his own <laughs> comic at some point. Uh,
2: I think uh, I think I always say that I think uh, the Ultimate Warrior was like, um, you know, uh, destroyed by the Collector. Boom! He like he <laughs> uh, like um, threw away his career kind of to get into the comics game. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely uh, a
1: way to destroy your career. <laughs> uh, so one thing I've kind of been interested in Talking to, to people about your book coming out and uh, Is that People don't seem to think there's much connection Between the comics world and the wrestling world But I feel like there's a lot of crossover In the fan base Have you gotten a lot of reaction from this project coming up Or have you just always had a Kind of crossover of the two groups of people
2: yeah, You know um, I, I, th- I don't think um, I, I don't think I really talk about Wrestling um, Among like um, You know um <laughs> polite company <laughs> right, or like, even like on twitter, you know um
1: you, you tweet about it a little bit
2: now I do yeah, uh-huh. but like people for for, uh, for a really long time, like I just never really talked about it, like uh like it was this weird, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like this weird leftover thing from high school, like uh <laughs> it was like too nerdy to like really be open about but if you, you met somebody who, who made like a reference to wrestling you'd be like yeah do you watch wrestling <laughs> and then you kind of have like a secret powwow about it. <laughs> yeah
3: it's like a hidden uh, you know a shameful thing that you're into. <laughs> right. Like a secret subculture. Now, right? But
2: that's what I kind of think um, like the similarity is with wrestling and, uh, and comics though it's like um, you know there's that whole idea of comics as like a low art form and um, you know, I think of comics as—I uh, mean—as re- I think of wrestling as an art form, which you know, people would probably argue with that with me that it's not even an art form. You know what I mean? <laughs> so if it is, certainly it's a low art form, just like comics. Um, well, there's and-
0: this, this weird thing of like uh, the the thing that people immediately say of like it's fake, and it's like, well, that doesn't matter. You know, it's it's like a movie
3: or anything else. They're yeah. telling a story. Right, it's
0: so
2: like
3: clearly it's fake. Yeah, you go to you know you go on Broadway and watch a musical. It's like you're not like this is this is fake. Yeah.
2: <laughs> this or is you know if he really goes, they, like
3: they've totally practiced this more than once. I can tell.
2: Or like a David Blaine, oh, yeah. magician, or something like that. Right,
3: you're like this is fake. Oh yeah, obviously yeah. he's not really flying. Yeah. <laughs> so you're you're from Philly, right? Did you grow up in Philly?
2: No, I actually grew up um, like uh, North Jersey, um, this suburb of. Uh, Suburb of Newark, kind of this place called Cranford, and uh, so I was like all uh, WWF growing up,
0: right? Because they they were what they were having their big shows in Madison Square Garden and
2: yeah yeah well yeah Matt, the Meadowlands. My dad took me. Um, they would have shows there, but like uh, it was funny. It's funny because you taught like uh, you know people from other parts of the country uh, like they had other wrestling like we like when I was a kid we only. All I had was WWF, but you know there was other stuff around the country. Yeah,
0: there was like AWA and WCW. Yeah, yeah. And I remember so, uh, I was watching a, a one of these documentaries, and I guess at one point WWF started uh, airing instead of the WCW show down south, and people like lost their minds. So people are pretty dedicated yeah. to their local uh, federations, I think.
2: Yeah, there was like this weird story a long time ago where like Vince like <laughs> bought the TV time slot out from underneath, like <laughs> the contract came out, came do and somehow vince snuck in and like bought this tv contract out from underneath uh georgia championship wrestling at the time and everybody
0: were, was like uh where are the four horsemen who are these people It,
2: <laughs> wow. it was just like i, I got a wrestling I, i'll provide you with with wrestling, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but to the guy it was the same. It doesn't matter at all. It's just like, all right, this guy's going to do the wrestling now. <laughs> but now
0: being in Philly, that's a huge wrestling town, right? Like ECW was kind of out yeah. of there for a while, and uh, Chikara, yeah, like, and
2: ECW started here. Um, I think uh, you know my friend Ian, uh, who uh, runs the small press Sacred uh, Prism. He has this theory that like ECW couldn't. Couldn't even have exceed- succeeded if it was anywhere else except for Philly, because <laughs> because of uh, you know the rabidness of Philadelphia sports fans, they like their sports, <laughs> yeah, uh, like it lended itself perfectly to this like um, you know rebel wrestling organization,
3: right.
0: And yeah, now I I think they still have shows at that same place. Like, is it the Alhambra that's out there, or the?
2: It was called the. It was just called like the arena, but <laughs> I think they recently uh, they recently closed like last year oh, or something.
0: No. Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah. I saw some Chikara and Ring of Honor there. Yeah,
2: they run Chikara. runs shows at the Trocadero now. Oh wow!
0: Uh, <laughs> I feel like Jared and Nick are like you guys are talking
2: way <laughs> too much about wrestling. <laughs>
3: that's the whole point. <laughs> well, my whole thing was uh, I was always into wrestling when I was. First when I was like really little, I was obviously into like Hulk Hogan and I, I really liked Andre the Giant and I like lo- you know, I loved like Princess Bride when I was a kid, so I was like, sure. it's that guy, he's awesome. Yeah. Um but, you know, I kind of got back into it around uh, the time I was like ten or eleven. I used to watch a lot of glow when I was little. <laughs> but I was wasn't allowed to, but I would always like sneak into into the T V area and be like, Oh, glow is on. Um but, <laughs> but then when I was a little like maybe like early high school, I watched some uh well they were still WWF at the time. And that was uh one of my favorite matches from that time I remember, I remember vividly was the uh uh Heart Heart versus Heart match, like uh Owen Hart and uh Oh
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> WrestleMania ten.
3: Yeah, yeah. And it was pretty intense. It was uh Yeah,
2: that was good. That was really that was a good match too. Yeah,
3: and it was very dramatic because they had like his pa- their parents were watching and that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Brother versus brother. brother versus brother, yeah.
2: Yeah, and then Bret lost. It was a big deal if Bret lost, because he, like... He actually was wrestling for the title later, but he had to have the smash first.
3: Yeah, wow.
0: Isn't the WrestleMania before that, where he... Lost to Yokozuna, and then uh, Hulk Hogan came in yeah. and beat him. Oh,
3: really?
2: <laughs> it came out one won in one minute.
0: <laughs> that was the Worst WrestleMania
3: of all time. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, but that period of time was my like the height of my like interest. like in, in, interest in wrestling. Yeah. I was like, he was like Yoko, It was like the worst time. It was like Yokozuna. Yeah, me too. And... I
2: it, like I got I got into it kind of like at the, the tail end of when it was popular. Right, like Tatanka so... and like uh... <laughs> doink,
3: doink the Clown. Doink the Clown. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy.
2: Yes, I'm reliving all of that now at the WWE Network. Oh
0: wow! <laughs> yeah, this, this episode sponsored by the WWE Network. <laughs> yeah. They haven't paid us yet, but we're waiting for this. Trip. Sponsored by the
3: world. I'm actually been
2: real excited uh, because like WrestleMania is coming up, and they're doing this Andre the Giant Battle Royal. Right. And so they they've been talking about Andre like every show.
3: Nice, it's like free publicity.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: it's like thanks. Dude. I saw
0: you. I saw you tweeting like hashtag WWE Raw. Check out my Andre the Giant. Yeah.
3: Graphic yeah. Novel. <laughs> Hey, man, I mean, those people will be interested in
2: you. Yeah, 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 definitely.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, so speaking of WrestleMania, I noticed like the book kind of concentrates, like, WrestleMania 3 is the big kind of climax yeah. of, of the book, and then I noticed WrestleMania 4 isn't really in there. Is is there a reason for that, or is it just because WrestleMania 4 match that was kind of sad? Yeah,
2: the WrestleMania 4 match with with Andre and, uh, and uh, the Hulkster was not a very good match. <laughs> <laughs> um, Andre's career kind of after WrestleMania 3... You know, he did, a, he did a good run with um, Jake the Snake Roberts after that, kind of. But they kind of, like, pushed him out of the main event scene. And he was getting old. and Or not even old. He was only, like, in his 40s. But he was, he was just, his body was breaking down. So, wow.
0: it, it, you know, he couldn't
2: really do that much. That's one thing um,
3: in the book where uh, I remember when I was a kid, I thought it was really cool when, like, Andre the Giant came out on, like, that uh, platform. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I thought it was really cool. I I didn't realize it was because, it, I mean, I, I realized it later on, but the, that he was just, you know, he just couldn't walk.
2: <laughs> yeah, I didn't even, I, I kind of just like came to that. Um, I didn't realize that till later uh, either. And then they did that again in WrestleMania six uh, for the same reason, I think. Yeah. Um, but as a kid, I remember just being like, because WrestleMania six was like the first first like wrestling show I ever saw. And that was
0: me. Hogan versus Ultimate Warrior, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was actually, like, Andre's kind of, um, you, know, you know, his one of his last uh, hurrahs. Like, his last time he was at, one of the last times he was at Mania and in, and in like, a pretty good place, he was, he had been heel and he turned babyface. Um and uh, so that was like the first, my first like view of Andre the Giant.
0: Now, speaking uh, of uh, like heels and baby faces, I noticed a lot in the book. You like explain a lot of wrestling terms. Did you did you feel that that was like uh, like it wasn't reading maybe to a lot of people, and that that was stuff that people well, just didn't understand? <laughs> I had
2: my uh, my editor first second. Was it was great because she, um, you know, was a great editor, but was not fully it- incorporated, you know, into the wrestling world the way I was when I was right. researching. It. And um, but I think that those terms and stuff are are kind of essential to what I want the, you know, the reader to get out of the book because you know it's like this they have the, their own little world with, with all the way even with the way they talk and everything. <laughs> and, um, you know, I think that's a big part of uh, just, like, pulling s- totally back the curtain maybe w- behind, like, what what wrestling itself, you know, as an art form and, and, and just wrestling itself, like, what it's all about.
0: Yeah, I think by explaining that stuff, like, you, it was – even though I knew most of these terms, I thought it was a good way to sort of um, – you know, show the difference between what's real and and like what's going on behind the scenes, and then also I think it's just a good sort of you know it's like a documentary thing. You want to you want to know all that right. stuff, and and,
3: d- and and it makes the world fascinating. Like you said, it's got its own language, and it works best during that the 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 you know the Hulk, Andre fight um where you kind of get a little bit of the terminology and you kind of know what they're doing but it's still yeah that it's been st- built up to that point it yeah. still builds up in a in a nice way and, and you know when the way it ends is is so brilliant and and i think you did a good job conveying that i felt i still felt like that like i was watching it back then i was like oh man yeah I
0: remember <laughs> that that was so awesome yeah. did you find it hard to um to to uh put the action from a wrestling match into a comic and have it uh,
2: yeah yeah definitely um but you know when i was picking it apart like that it's very it was easy to see how easier to see how like a how two guys would put together a match and how it's really just like a series of different spots all in a row
3: huh, right you um, you like slowly build it up
2: yeah yeah uh, <laughs> but i mean so it was it did it, it it was that was difficult i think um but it was fun though i really like watched that watched that wrestlemania 3 match so many times like, i can probably <laughs>
3: Recite the whole thing to you. Yeah, I mean, I it, you did a great job. I, I felt I felt it when I was when I was reading. It. it was paced like exactly like the match. I felt like it was it was pretty good. I was pretty excited. So, as
0: far as research for the book, I mean, did you uh, did you interview a lot of people? Yeah,
1: because I was I was kind of curious about that because you had the for the, obviously we've all read an advanced copy of the book. Uh, you have a lot of footnotes and references in the back showing all the people you talked to and stuff. Uh, yeah, like, were you trying to track down just everyone that ever touched on
2: there were so many people that i was trying to get in touch with that i just wasn't able to i wish i could have um i but i remember at you know at one point i was calling up andre the giant like this doctor <laughs> the doctor that the, the surgeon that worked on andre's back is wow. still practicing wow um in boston and so i was calling his hot <laughs> i called this his uh the hospital where he works like a (laughs) few times but he never got back to me though um that was discouraging but that was pretty pretty cool i got the only way i could get in touch with them then i sent a few letters out um just like trying to find i sent this one guy um uh tim white who was andre uh, andre's one of andre's handlers um and like his friend uh, I was trying to get in touch with him so so bad. Like I was searching, just like I, I you know, I was like he's from like this area of <laughs> Chicago. So I was like searching the name in that area and last known address, and just sending letters out, um, letters out to him. But I, I didn't didn't get in touch with him. I actually had somebody email me and said that they knew him and they could get in touch with him. But no dice.
1: Think, was that the person you most wanted to get an interview with that you couldn't? Or was there someone else that you really thought would have added something to the book? I
2: think, I think that Tim White would have been really great. Yeah. Um, I think that Bobby Heenan, if I could have talked to Bobby Heenan, um, that would have been really good. Bobby
0: Heenan, by the way, is my all-time favorite wrestling personality. I love Me too. Him.
2: <laughs> I, just, I love Bobby Heenan so much. Oh, yeah, he's so he's great.
0: He was a great manager, great announcer, and uh, him riding in backwards on that camel in WrestleMania 9 was the only good part of that whole thing. <laughs> I want to see that one.
2: He's always the butt of the joke. He's great. <laughs> um,
0: I, so one of the most famous Andre the Giant stories to me has always been that Bad News Brown story, you know, about the the yeah. bus and, and the, the racial slur. And I always knew the first part of it, but uh, you have this part towards the end of the book uh, with with like this conversation they had, sort of an apology. And I never had seen that part of the story. Uh, how did you come across that? Uh, that's
2: bad news. Talks about that, and uh, he doesn't really go too much into it. But he just he just gets the point across. He's like, later on, you know, we got together and you know we buried the hatchet and everything was all good again. But it was it was later. It was much later.
0: I thought that was really interesting, just because it's you know, I, I there's an interesting balance in the book of and, Andre the Giant. In some ways, seems like kind of a jerk, but then also yeah. he just seems like you know he's like a guy. You know, he's just like he's. He's just is the way he is, and I feel like part of loving him is kind of accepting some of this weird stuff about him and how he can sure. be a bit of a jerk sometimes.
2: Mm-hmm. Definitely, I mean, um, I didn't. People talk about that a lot. I mean, like people talk about how later on he was in a lot of pain and stuff, and he, you know, maybe they say that he wasn't, you know, the uh, friendliest guy. But it was definitely like if he if he liked you, he he was super nice to you. But if he didn't like you, he was super mean.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, one thing I was kind of impressed by was like, you know, I'd barely follow any wrestling. So for me, he was mainly like the lovable guy you saw in Princess Bride and like kind of this mythological wrestling figure just because he had such a big persona, even outside of the wrestling scene. And I was just looking at the cover of the book and like he's you kind of drew him like leaning up against the ropes with this kind of like bowed head and this huge weight of uh, it seems to me it comes like a weight of his huge Andre the Giant looming behind him almost like he's kind of uh, crushed under the weight of his own reputation and the story you tell is kind of a tragedy just his life uh, trajectory in some Uh, ways were you trying to like show him in a particular way or just that's just how you told him or
2: that's I mean that's how I what I kind of feel about his life I mean I I think the thing that I admire um, maybe the most about him was the fact that he you know he was told at a very young age that he wouldn't you know he wouldn't live very long and he just like tried so hard to live live his life to the fullest every day and like you know even even at the end when he was like could barely you know he could barely move or anything but he just wanted to keep going out there and just keep doing it as long as he possibly could because you know I feel like it comes down to this weird. I I don't know if it's a, it's like a weird idea I guess I have about what what is what happiness is, and like, um, you know, is ha? Are are you the most happy when you're like lying on a beach, you know, like on vacation, kind of doing nothing, or? are you most happy when you're like engaged in the thing that you love doing the most like so if you were like a, a football player or something like that and you were like the quarterback like I remember reading somewhere once or maybe it was on like 60 minutes or something like you're actually the most happy when you're when you're functioning in that way and 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 doing it to it to the best of your ability you're actually You know, your endorphins, everything is like... All these chemicals in your brain are working at their highest then. So when I think about Andre the Giant, I think about him, you know... He had so much sadness in his life and and so much, you know... um, He was, was so closed off from the rest of the world and he had so much pain and everything. But when he was out, when he was Andre the Giant, the wrestler, and he was in the ring doing this thing you know performing in this way he was I, I like to think of that as you know when he was at his happiest
3: yeah i mean that explains why you know he did it well into his you know his later days when he was just he, he was in pain all the time he just still did it i mean that you know that's a good explanation for it he just it was he loved the it. only joy yeah. in his life was that you know like the biggest yeah joy.
0: I think that's addressed really well at one point in the book. He's is in an interview. Maybe I don't know if it's the one with David Letterman, but basically he asks Andre, you know, what what do you want to do when you're done wrestling? And it seems like he's kind of taken aback. Like this is what I do. Like what are you even talking about? Yeah, <laughs> it's
2: like um, it's like when I think about uh, like saving for retirement and <laughs> stuff like that. Like what am I gonna do? Like well, I'm not gonna draw comics like until the day I die. Like. Right.
0: Yeah, it's like you just save so that you can draw the comics you want and right. not have to worry about money. I guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
3: Speaking of comics, I had I had a kind of off wrestling topic question, which was the uh, <laughs> uh I was wondering a little bit about your artistic process because I, you know, I, I draw a little bit sometimes, but I I'm always curious to see like what people use. Do you do you do digital or do you uh
2: well, uh, everything's right now is kind of like a yeah, like a Frankenstein monster of, like, digital and, uh, right. and, like, ink and stuff. So I mostly uh, I mostly ink, uh, like, with actual medium, like, with a micron, usually, like, a micron 08, and then, like, a Pentel um, pocket brush pen. Nice,
3: that's what I use.
2: Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, and then I, but I, there's certain things I do always, like, in, in Photoshop also afterwards, and... There's certain there's certain things whenever I have to do I just do them and it do them digitally because it's easier or whatever.
3: Right. Like uh, especially like drawing straight lines. <laughs> yeah. So,
2: like if I had to like ink some like huge cityscape or something like that. Right
1: yeah yeah that's, that's cool uh i was talking with uh, uh some of the people here who are or some of our customers who are fans of yours and one guy he actually had a question for you that he wanted us to pass along and he was just wondering if you're getting tired tired of circles because <laughs> like your style has shifted over the years uh so you're being i wouldn't say circles necessarily but like very geometric compared to your earlier work he's just yeah. kind of curious if like that's just the style you're going in mostly or that's just a particular style for certain stories you do
2: i don't know i think that. Um at some point I started getting like super um, uh, OCD about like everything having to be like an exactly straight line and like a round line and like, I don't know, it has to be like exactly a certain way. Um, I used to always just draw objects like that. And then at some point I started applying that to the figures as well. Um, so I was doing that, and I was thinking, you know, for a long time, I found it to be like super challenging to try to like um, make as, you know, just to to push that style as far as I could. But um, lately, I've been using the, I've been doing, working on this new story um, that is uh, I've, I've, where I've gone back to doing the figures with uh, the brush pen, and so it's a little bit different. I don't know. I'm just always trying to do. Uh, Maybe, like, just something different or or um, trying to make the next page better than the one before it.
1: Well, like, the like I, I think we all came across your work. At least one of the earliest things we saw as a group was the Survivalist that uh, Blank Slate put out from uh, the UK. And I was going back through some of your older stuff, and you originally got into comics by doing Bellin, which was an online comic strip. Have you mm-hmm. ever thought about doing something like that, or is it just, like, you've moved on to different forms of comics, or... Just how's that changed up?
2: When I first got started I was like um, interested in making uh, short strips, but I think that was you know, that was just easier for me at the time and and I think it's definitely when you're learning comics, it's easier to start with a three panel strip or like a four you know, something short or one page thing rather than jumping, you know, right into a graphic novel um that's funny because
3: so that's kind of exactly like when i was, when i started drawing what i was doing i was like i want to do a comic but i'm too lazy so i'll just do four panels at a time and make a joke every time but, <laughs> yeah. but after a little while i got tired of writing like a you know joke or storyline that was four panels long and i just eventually scrapped it and i was like i'm just gonna start over
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think I, I just slowly built up from there i remember like the first time i did like a, a six like a two-page story i remember like the the first time I did a six-page story, and and um, I think I just kept wanting to do more and more longer stuff. And, and then, you know, even Andre, at, when I got started on it, it was like an, an assembling, you know, I was originally just assembling all these short stories, and... um then had to kind of go back and make it kind of flow into it.
0: Yeah, I was wondering about that. Was that hard to kind of – because the way the book is set up, it's less than like a sort of traditional biography. It's kind of a series of anecdotes and like sort of – was that hard to assemble that into a Uh, full narrative?
2: You you know what was the biggest help is that I found uh, Andre the Giant's win-loss record (laughs) online. Which which um, is it was so funny because like it's totally not records that WWE would keep. Oh, they might keep it, but they don't release any it, any of it. Like it's not like you can go look it up like a baseball card right, or it's something. It's the kind like of that. thing
0: they publish in those weird like wrestling almanacs that come out every yeah. year. Yeah.
2: So like the guy, so the person that actually put that together, uh, I should actually memorize his name, but his his name in the his name that we cited in the in the in the, you know, in the work cited part was like the, you know, the slacker or something like that. <laughs> it's just like this, this, uh, you know, his internet handle, because like these, these guys are like the ones that are, they're the ones that are, know the most about wrestling in, in a weird way, you know, these obsessive fans. So somebody like, so they, him and along with these other people in his message board put together this, a whole listing of his win loss record in chronological order which was, like, super helpful. And, like, <laughs> every city it was in, everything. Um, so that was, like, super helpful in, to me in placing in time all these events. Right,
3: it's like a map to, like, oh, I stick this here, I stick
2: this right, there. Like, right. If
3: it's a
1: story from Japan, then, maybe you know, it probably took place when they were in Japan.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but
2: it, I imagine it also kind
1: of shows, like, a trajectory of someone's career, showing, like, when they start moving them up into more prominent positions and, like, when they have a bigger role and they start winning more matches and stuff.
2: It was crazy seeing that it's so, it's still long he, i mean you know he it was from like the late sixties until you know the nineties wow, so he wrestled and they would wrestle like every night, so he has like so many matches on there it's crazy and then uh it's crazy watch it was crazy seeing his schedule too because he would go he would like fly back and forth from to Japan like three times over the summer wow, like just <laughs> like it's crazy he would just go back and forth like it was nothing wow.
0: So you said you were working on something new right now? Is that something you can talk about or is it?
2: Um, I'm just working on um, my series um, number, which I've been which I did the first issue came out um, from Retrofit Comics. Never so, he- never
0: heard of. Them. Never heard
2: of <laughs> <laughs> So I was working on the second maybe the second issue, which probably won't come out till later in the year. I'm trying to institute a policy where like I won't I, I wanna like finish something and then not Put it out for maybe like a few months. So when it comes out I'm like less attached to it. So if I, <laughs> so if it gets like a bad review, I just won't care as much. That seems like a good idea.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Well Sweet.
0: cool. Uh I think that's you know, that's probably about it.
3: Yeah. For we got a good chunk just of just those it. thirty minutes that we Ch- just did. Yeah, <laughs> chunk of info there.
0: Yeah, thanks for uh doing the interview box. And uh we all loved the Andre the Giant book and we're all excited yeah.
1: for it to come out. Yep. And we will welcome you down here soon. So cool. End of May everyone in the dc area i'm so stoked for that awesome (laughs) we've got sneaky plans
2: (laughs) (laughs) all right thanks yeah thanks